This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to Episode 7 of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host Mike Martinez to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, buddy. How are things? You know, it's a little gloomy outside, but, you know, trying to keep that fall spirit up. It is a, a wet, rainy day, and the weather is finally <laughs> about to drop a little bit. It's been, it's been beautiful here for the last few yeah. weeks. But uh, I think it's finally time for some autumn. It feels like football outside, yeah. which is kind of appropriate. It's on a, exciting. On a Sunday morning. I love football season. So. Absolutely. How are things going in your classes, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. We just made it through the end of team handball, which was an experience. But there are always those students who kind of struggle through the lead-up games mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden just shine when you get to gameplay. And I had one student in particular who... Um, doesn't spend a lot of time in class because he gets pulled out for certain things. And he turned into like this phenom when you put him on the court. It was it was phenomenal. That's always great to watch. Yeah. The, the kids you least expect when they just exactly their moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Especially in a game that probably most of the students didn't know coming into the year. So it's a fresh start for everyone. And it kind of evens the playing field a little bit, which I think is a lot of fun for kids. A lot of them have that have that tactical knowledge though, because a lot of them play basketball. So sure. that that transfers really well to team handball, but the just like the creativity with their shots and how they were passing into the crease and how they were using that mechanic to get the goalie to have to turn his head, mm-hmm. it was just it was awesome. It was really cool. That's very very yeah. cool. Speaking of really cool things, we're joined today by a guest coming to us live from DC Public Schools. He's one of the finest teachers on the entire East Coast. We are joined by Roy Mitchell today. Roy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning, guys. Uh, my name is Roy Mitchell. This is my sixth year of teaching. Um, I've taught every year in D.C. public school, and it's been a blast. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Roy is also in a very exclusive club, similar to my co-host mm-hmm. over here. He's a brown, brand new proud papa. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Braxton J. Mitchell is now, what, five weeks old, you just told us? Five weeks old, and, you know, the, the joys of coming home and having someone who hasn't seen you all day and has no energy That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the joys of coming home and seeing someone who hasn't seen you all day and has all the energy in the world when you don't it's <laughs> great for those of you who are listening but can't join us on skype right now roy has the look of a brand new proud <laughs> papa he's been up all night a little bleary-eyed, but guess what? He's here to talk shop with us, and it's it, it, it's a blast and an honor to have you with us today. Uh, before we get started, can we officially are, are we officially going with BJ Mitchell, or are, are we sticking with Braxton J? So my wife's like, uh, I don't know, but I'm definitely BJ Mitchell. He's going to be a linebacker in the NFL. That's what I like to say now. <laughs> <laughs> setting setting him up for that life. Well, you got two votes for BJ. Yeah, on this side over here as well, buddy. Thank you. So. Those of you who are listening out there who have children, you know that having a, a baby can change your life, does change your life in an instant. Yes. And this is a very, very poor segue into the world of instant activities. <laughs> I've been working all, all week on that, by the way. Yeah, it was good. So we are talking about instant activities this week and what role they play in the gym and in your classes, how we use them. So, Roy, why don't you start us off talking about instant activities at the elementary school level what does it look like? Why do you use them? Instant activities are my way of getting the students quickly engaged. I like to say it gets them tired before they get in trouble because, you know, uh, at my school, when I when I get them, 
uh, I pick up my kids from recess and, you know, things might have happened outside and things might have happened in the cafeteria. And I like to just get them up and moving right away instead of, you know, sitting down and trying to uh, begin teaching, you know, just getting them instantly into an activity so that they can get moving and forget about what they did the last 20, 30 minutes. I think it motivates students to be on time. Uh, sometimes students uh, want to go to the bathroom or they want to go other places and don't want to come to class on time. I know in like the secondary level, students have to get changed uh, for class. And if there's an instant activity that they really like that you're doing that day, you know, and it's going to motivate them to get out the locker room quicker. You can also use instant activities to like review skills from previous classes. So if you're, you know, working on, let's say you're working on team handball and you, they really need to practice their passing uh, and moving to open space. Definitely just setting up a drill so that they can get that right away. And like most importantly, I think they're fun. Um, get the students having fun. As soon as they come to your classroom, they'll never want to leave. Absolutely. I, I love nothing more than having the music pumping. <clears throat> Excuse me. Having the music pumping as soon as kids walk in. Uh, Roy, I think, hit the nail on the head. If you review a skill or an activity that you ended last class with, it's something that's already fresh in the kids' minds. It takes a lot of the direction giving or instruction giving out of the equation because the kids have already done it. And it's going to help set you up for the rest of your class. But most importantly, it gets kids immediately engaged. It gets them right into into, into the thick of your lesson. And also, as Roy mentioned, it takes any off-task time out of the equation. If kids are immediately engaged, they have no choice but to buy into what's going on. It's fun. It's a great way to... To get a class rolling. I spoke with uh, last year at Shape Boston with Dan Tennyson from, from Indiana, and he was mentioning that in doing a lot of his presentations and going to conferences and di different PDs, that a lot of teachers that he came across weren't using instant activities, which I was stunned by yeah. because I feel like it is such a natural... Just such a staple. Yeah. yeah. Tell us more about that, Mike. Well, I'm, I'm a Tabata guy, as folks know, just by listening to the podcast, but there is... So much to be gained from using an instant activity for a warm-up. Sometimes I will double up. Um, there are also two classes that just can't handle that, like, structured Tabata. They just get bored too quickly. So mm -hmm. I have to go to instant activities because, you know, you can you can teach a concept. You can work on that teamwork cooperation uh, that we've talked about in past episodes. And like Roy said, tire them before they get themselves in trouble. And I think that's the biggest function of using an instant activity as opposed to just um, a standard like fitness warm-up mm -hmm. is that one they have to come in and they have to follow directions right away which kind of gets them in that mindset and some of these games like we played um, we had a in-network conference opportunity last week called dpu and um, mike actually ran a session there and we played rock paper scissor uh, around the world and actually, if you go to my Twitter at Coach Miller PE, uh, the Periscope is linked. So if you want to check that out, but I we played that game for five ten minutes, and I was doing some extra jumping jacks, even though there's no such thing as extra jumping jacks. But <laughs> I was I was beat. You know, if I was a kid that was impulsive, or actually I am a kid that was impulsive. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, like I would be just too tired to fool around, and I think that's the best mechanism. Of, ha of using an instant activity as opposed to just like a, a Tabata that I can check out. So Mike Mike mentioned using a Tabata, which is a very familiar, very quick, somewhat repetitive 
warm up yeah. that kids can get used to and learn and be able to do time and time again. Roy mentioned tying in your the end of your last class or uh, a skill that you were struggling with the class before as a warm up or as an instant activity. What are some of the pros and cons of both of those? Either using the same routine that kids can get used to or having something new each class for kids. I want to say one of the strengths of doing something that you did the previous class is hopefully less instruction, which makes it more student-centered because you've already taught that skill. And so that gets the students just actively right, right away. But I also see the value in doing like a fitness-based warm-up and having them do like a Tabata warm-up where they're doing 20 seconds of exercise, 10 seconds of rest, and then rotating around. There's also Tabata that you can do with other skills. So it, let's just say you're working on a soccer unit and you're like, we need to do toe taps for 20 seconds. You're going to rest and then you're going to do an, another skill. I, I think that it's it can be all combined and uh, to make one awesome instant activity, you know? I agree 100%. I usually waver back and forth. Early in my career, I would say I was one of those teachers who thought we had to do jumping jacks and arm circles and, you know, stretcher, you know, a lot of traditional calisthenics and static stretching. And I realized that one, I was wasting a ton of my time because the kids weren't doing a lot of the exercises properly and they're not doing it properly. What's the point of actually doing it? So it took a couple of years, unfortunately, but I, I started to realize that I could use that time to my advantage and still take four to five minutes to get kids warmed up, but have it be something productive. And that didn't really change whether it was elementary school, middle school, or high school, if kids are doing something that, again, as Roy mentioned, that's first of all, it's fun. They're going to immediately buy in, and then I can kind of sneak more drill work, for lack of a better term, later in the lesson, but they've already had a dose of fun and know that more fun is coming. So it's almost like sandwiching the boring, we need to work on this mm -hmm. so our games get better yep. in the middle there. My big pro for using instant activities is that Sometimes once you throw fitness unit or fitness movements into something, students already perceive that as just like road calisthenics mm -hmm. and using that instant activity, even if it's something like what I just mentioned, rock, paper, scissors um, around the world is, yeah, they're doing those fitness move moves, but it's inside of like this just dynamic, just fun game and if they struggle, like you just said, Mike, if they struggle with those traditional fitness moves, not physically, but, you know, being engaged, you know, mixing it into that coleslaw of instant activities um, or those instant activity games is, is what's going to spur that interest, spur that buy-in. For sure. And for those of you folks who are new to the openphyzed.org website and maybe are not as familiar with some of the rock, paper, scissor games that are on there, I cannot recommend them highly Oof. enough. Every kid, I would say from kindergarten on up knows how to play rock, paper, scissors. So once you teach, whether it's around the world or a victory lap or the Rocky rock, paper, scissors, which is an absolute blast, once you've taught the structure to it, that's something that you can have up on a whiteboard or on your projector, and kids can instantly get in, like, pun intended, instant activities. They can instantly get into it. And if you have a schedule that's similar to mine where you teach back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back classes that might be different grade levels, and you might have to like swap equipment in and out, they can jump right into that and give you two seconds to catch your breath, get set up, uh, actively supervise while you're you know, putting gator skin balls back in a bag or setting cones up for the next activity. And it's self-managing, it's self-guiding. And again, as Mike mentioned, if you sprinkle a little bit of a fitness movement or activity yeah. into that, 
you're also getting a great workout. The heart rate's up. Sweat trophies are being earned. Mm -hmm. And your kids are, are mentally getting ready for what's ahead of them. Just as a side note, I've been having student-centered warm-ups recently. And I, I mean, I teach high school, so it's a little bit easier because they know it a little bit better. But even with the Tabata or if I you know, point to Farah and say, Farah, what do you, you know, what, what game do you want to play to warm up today? And she usually has something on the brain. Um, but using that little trick just to get them invested a little bit is, is, is a big plus. So at the elementary school level, Roy, what are some examples of things that you do for instant activities? Are they game based? Are they skill based, fitness based, all three, neither? How's that look in your classroom? In my classroom, I kind of do a mixture of all. So uh, in the beginning of school year, I tend to do more game-based or tag-based so that just to get them active and moving and um, teach them new games. And after we get done our fitness unit, then sometimes I sprinkle in a fitness warm-up where they're doing station work or possibly like uh, I do a Tabata PowerPoint um, where they kind of just follow along to the, to the movements that's on the screen. But then also, if we're if I know we're working on a sports skill, we're going to move on to like a toss three where they'll practice the passing and the movement and get that done. Uh, so much gold in, in that answer, actually. Tag games, I think those have been going on since the beginning of time. Yeah. And there's literally millions of different variations that can keep it engaging, keep it interesting, keep it fun, but can mix things up so you're not just playing the same game every single time. So I think those are absolute gold. Toss three is an excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, toss three, you can transfer into literally anything. Yeah. If you're doing spike ball or round net, as we call it in the open world, you know, you can use spike ball uh, skills. If Absolutely. You can do bounce passes, basketball. So toss three can be transformed into literally anything you need it to be. Overhand passing, underhand yep. passing, soccer style passing, floor hockey passing. Anything that requires passing an object back and forth. I mean, I'm picturing kids running around passing rubber chickens mm -hmm. back and forth as a way of you know, spicing things up, having a great time. And the fitness part, I think, is something that shouldn't be understated. I know we're mentioning a lot of like skill-based or game-based things. But as Roy mentioned, once you've taught certain basic fitness skills and activities, you can go on to the, the open website and download those task cards and modify them, customize them to exercises that you just previously taught. So if your kids don't know what mountain climbers are yet, that's fine. You can delete that and change it to jumping jacks. Yeah. Or if they don't know burpees yet, you can delete that and change it to high knees or jump knee tucks, something that you've already taught to kind of keep things fresh and keep things exciting for the kids. I've noticed at any level, as long as things don't get stale and kids don't get too used to it, I feel like there's that fine line there between teaching something enough times in a row where kids can do it automatically Versus, oh, we've been doing this for three weeks now. Yeah. I need some some variation here. One of the viable resources I've been been using this year is thanks to one of another open trainer, Ben Perillo. He has on his website a, a bunch of pictures of him doing exercises with even QR codes. Uh, my students aren't don't bring cell phones to class, but as they get older, you know, if you're if you have that technology that you have in class and they don't quite know how to do a movement, there's a QR code on the top of his page. And it shows him doing the exercise. And that's like been money for me this year, um, just having different pictures and uh, visuals for the students to, to do so that it's less focused on me giving that instruction and more focused on the students kind of picking that up on their own. Absolutely. Ben is an absolute rock star. He's sensational in terms of little, little tips and hacks like yeah. that, whether it's recording 
gifs of yourself doing the movement or pictures. He has a phenomenal YouTube channel too. Yes, uh, yes. full of awesome, awesome elementary school level dances, similar to the ones I don't know if you've seen. Uh, Brandon Herwick, yes, just posted a whole bunch of new ones mm -hmm. on, on Twitter, on Facebook, all over the place. Um, I think dancing is a great warm up that kids love to do. You know, throw, throw one of their favorite songs on and get them doing fitness related dances for three, four, five minutes. A great way, again, to keep things new, keep things fun and fresh, but have it be intentional and structured as well. Actually, Coach Perillo, his presentation at PE Institute this summer, I have periscoped from beginning to end. So if you want to check that out, it's, it's in there. Absolutely. And I, uh, Scott Williams presented with him that day. All three of those Phenomenal. guys are just yeah. sensational, sensational teachers, specifically teachers of dance. And another fun way to keep kids up, keep kids moving, and and getting those, those easy, easy warm-ups into your lesson. So speaking of activities, uh, we mentioned the open website. We mentioned, I think we mentioned that there are instant activity sections in the K through two area, the three through five area, the I believe the middle school area as well. Yes. Uh, what are some of our favorite activities that we've seen from there? How does that look in either of your classrooms? One of the best instant activities that I found on open on the open website is Say Cheese Tag. It allows the students to run around and play tag. But then also, once they get tagged, they they become frozen, and they you can have them just freeze and wait for someone to take a picture of them, uh, come take a selfie with them, or you can have them perform their favorite dance move. Uh, Mr. DeLine had us do the twist when we were at PE Institute, and <laughs> yes. then they could come over and uh, take a selfie, and students from kindergarten up to 12th grade all love taking selfies. Um <laughs> And then there's the adaptation where if you have more technology, you can have a, you know, take a picture with an iPad and then you have a bunch of selfies that can, you can scroll through at the beginning of your next class and, and students are just in love with that idea of seeing themselves. That's awesome. I'm also hearing bulletin board material. I'm hearing positive emails Absolutely. to parent material. Who doesn't want to see pictures of their, of their little ones having a blast in PE all sweaty and smiley and having a great time. So uh, I, I used to call it selfie tag, but say cheese tag is yep. essentially the same game. Awesome, awesome, awesome resource resource on the website. Uh, a favorite of mine, and I'm going to be a little biased here with a shameless plug for myself because I actually wrote this game for the open <laughs> website. But uh, again, we, we were doing European handball as well. And the instant activity Capture the Corner is a great game that reinforces a lot of those concepts at the middle school or even high school level, working on not moving your feet if you have the ball, Pass, you know, leading your partner towards a goal, shooting on goal. You get 30 kids all moving at the same time. You're working on transitioning to offense and defense. It's a great game that once you've played it once or twice, kids can immediately jump into it when they see the name of it on the whiteboard or on the projector. They can set up the game on their own. It's, it's that easy for them to do. It's fun. It's quick. We play it for usually four or five minutes, and then that transitions right into our, our lesson for the day. So it, it's a great skill-based tie-in to what we're doing. How about you, Mr. Miller? I'm a big fan of the entire rock, paper, scissor progression. Absolutely. So we start with a little bit of rock, paper, scissor victory lap, which gets them really used to being proud about succeeding in winning at rock, paper, scissors. But the great thing about rock, paper, scissor victory lap is typically it's the, um, the loser of the rock, paper, scissor game who has something to do. What I like about Rock, Paper, Scissors Victory Lap is Mike and I play Rock, Paper, Scissors, and if I win, I'm the one who go takes the, goes and takes the victory lap, uh, which is really exciting because they get super into the 
beating their friends at rock, paper, scissors, and they get that cardiovascular uh, component in it as well when they have to either, you know, drop to the wall, touch the wall and back, and they get a chance to, like, whoop it up and be loud and uh, do all that fun stuff. Then we get into a little rock, paper, scissors around the world. Now it becomes a little bit more technical, a little bit more, okay, now I have to kind of scout my opponents and see how they're playing while I'm waiting to play. Uh, the way rock, paper, scissors around the world works is that it works pretty much like basketball around the world. If you move or if you win, you move on. If you lose, you can challenge for that second chance to win. And if you lose that one, you go back to the start or you go back one station. And the first person to get all the way around that ring, which was me last week, <laughs> is the is the winner of the round, which is really exciting. And the the great thing about that is they have to spend five of a fitness move if they lose and they don't want to lose their spot. So if I play Mike and I'm almost at the end and I lose, I can kind of like swallow my pride a little bit and stay where I am and keep my progress, but I have to spend some fitness moves for that. I gotta tell you, whoever invented the game Rock Paper Scissors is an absolute genius. Oh, it, it, it probably goes back to like ancient Greece or ancient Rome or something like that. Yeah, but absolute genius. Uh, I love, love, love how all the Rock Paper Scissors games have the option of sprinkling in th those fitness moves mm -hmm. because I'm, th I'm thinking about incorporating those right after you do fitness testing. If you see that all of your kiddos are struggling with push-ups, now that fitness move becomes if you get beaten Rock Paper Scissors, Mike's taking his victory lap. I'm doing five push-ups and we're all back in the game in the blink of an eye. So you can target it to what your individual class needs. If you have a class that's doing okay on push-ups but needs some cardio help, they're doing jumping jacks instead of push-ups. So each class could have a different component, but still tying in the fitness. You're almost tricking kids into the fitness aspect because they're playing a game. They enjoy beating each other, like you were saying. Yeah. Who doesn't enjoy winning a game of rock, paper, scissors mm -hmm. one-on-one, right? And then you can follow up with the classic rock, paper, scissor world championship, which isn't an open game, but it's everyone starts playing a one-on-one -on -one rock paper scissor game and when you beat that person they become your cheering section and then if you beat somebody else their entire cheering section becomes your entire cheering section and then you sum up with that which is like this one person who is just the man or the woman at rock paper scissors for that day because obviously it could change for sure um but it's it's just a, a great way to not only get people warmed up and used to following directions and a little bit sweaty but it gives them a chance to just being just be excited about being in class with you, which is really, really great. As for the open website, you can find instant activities modules in every single grade level um, from our elementary K2 to all the way up through our secondary uh, high school modules. There is a 6 through 12 module, but all of the games at the lower levels can be modified, obviously, up for secondary students. The Rock, paper, scissors around the world is listed in the three to five module, but I have no problem running it with my high school students. So what I suggest is just downloading them all and picking the ones you like. So Roy, let's pretend I am a 22-year-old first-year teacher. I was just hired by DC Public Schools, and my principal sent me your way, said this guy's an absolute rock star. He'll, he'll guide you to glory. He's your, your PE Yoda for, for the next you know, 10 months. What would be your your advice or your selling point? Why would you why why should I do instant activities if I'm co-teaching with you? Like uh, like we stated before in the beginning, like um, the there's definitely some troubled students in DC public schools, and so if you get them tired before they're in trouble, you have them in your hand, and the world's your oyster. Like the the amount of students who come into class on time, this 
upcoming I mean this school year as opposed to last year where they would possibly get pulled out or they possibly would get some something different um, as I was feeling my way through my new school it, it's it's remark it's a remarkable change uh, the students love coming to physical education it's definitely one of their favorite specials in the elementary world and student activities like I said I just want this, the main objective of the entire class is the students to have fun Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for, for all your insight today, Roy, and for popping on with us. I'm already pre-ordering my 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 BJ Mitchell jersey. <laughs> so hopefully I have a few more years till it's ready. I can you can save up on NFL.com for it. But uh, we will let you get back to all the daddy daycare duties that come along with being home on a Sunday. Thank you so much for popping on with us today, Roy. Thanks, gentlemen. If you have any questions for Roy in particular or for me, Mr. Miller, feel free to reach out to the show. You can email us at openforumpod at gmail.com um, or you can tweet the show by tweeting at openphized. If you want to reach Mike or I directly, you can tweet at us individually. I'm on Twitter at open at, at phizedfreak. And I'm at Coach Miller PE. We hope to keep getting more questions and comments and people who want to come on as guests. We, we truly want this show to be an open forum. So keep reaching out. Keep listening, and as always, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.